This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 291. The Color Pencil Podcast is brought to you by UART Premium Sanded Paper. If you've never tried sanded paper before, I highly recommend giving UART Premium Sanded Paper a try. It comes in seven different grade levels. I prefer the 800 grade level, but I'll be talking a little bit more about them towards the middle of the show. But we thank UART Premium Sanded Paper for their support of the Color Pencil Podcast. Give them a try and experience the UART difference. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. Welcome back to the show. This is the Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. So today I want to talk for a little while about the colors that I would choose when I'm drawing an eye. So I'm talking about the iris in particular. So you may know that we recently did a free live training on how to draw the eye, and we talked about a, a few elements for drawing the eyes, and we went through some demonstrations and uh, some pre-recorded videos during that live free training. Um, and if you missed that, well, we will be presenting that again very, very soon. So just be sure to go over to the website and sign up for my email list, and we'll uh, be announcing that soon. But what I want to talk about, though, today, because we're focusing on and we're studying the eyes, uh, we just released a brand new course inside the Sharpened Artist Academy on drawing the eyes. And so it's been top of mind here lately. But I want to talk about the different colors that you might choose when you're drawing the eyes and when you're thinking about three different eye colors. So we could go through a lot of different eye colors but I want to just focus on three in particular. Brown eyes, blue eyes, and hazel eyes. Now, if you know much about me at all, you know that I typically don't talk about color choices. And I don't talk a lot about which colors that I would use, certain uh, cases, um, when I'm talking about a particular composition or subject matter. But I cannot deny the fact that there have been just so many students coming to me recently and asking what colors I would choose. And I've resisted telling anyone particular colors. So let me talk about why I resist that. Uh, this is old news uh, to probably many, but it's because the values matter more. The tonal range in relationship to the composition matters so much more than the colors. So what do I mean by that? The dark and the light of whatever color you you're thinking about. So if you're talking about, you know, selecting a red, you know, let's say I, I'm not going to talk to you about whether or not this red uh, needs to be a certain a particular hue within a spectral range of red. But I'm going to talk to you about whether or not. Uh, it's a dark red or a light red. And then we're going to go to temperature differences. To me, that matters so much more. In fact, it matters so much that I have arranged my colored pencils now in five different bins. That's all I have. Five different bins 
Well, the exception of one other bin. I'll talk to talk to you about that in a second. But I've got just five bins, and uh, I've separated the colors by value uh, and by a tonal um, selection within a hue. Uh, it'll make sense in a second. Maybe, maybe not. Um, so here's what I've done. For the most part, what I've done is I've taken... Um, these five bins, and then I used a chipboard to create a compartmentalized area within each bin to have two different sections, okay? So what I've got in one section is lighter or cool blues on one side, and then my darker uh, and, and the mid-range blues. And then I've got the darker and the warmer blues on the other side. Now I did this with every single pencil bin. So the next one, I've got violets and purples, because there aren't as many of those. And then I've got a, the chipboard that is uh, separating the other side of this bin. And on the other side of that bin, I've got white, white all my white pencils, and all of my faint, very uh, light-colored pencils in that bin that are either white or yellow or somewhere in between. So let me give you an example. Like ivory and the polychromos line. I've got that one in there. I've got wheat in the Derwent Light Soft. Uh, let's see here. I've got buff titanium from the Luminance line. So I don't have them separated by uh, a particular brand. All the brands are together now. And they're they're getting along nicely. And they're, you know, they're uh, quite cozy in there now. And all I have to do is figure out which value selection I need, and then I grab for uh, that particular color. Okay, so let me move on. The next bin, I've got all of my orange and earthy kind of tones in there. <laughs> now, you may be listening to this and like, what in the world does that mean? Okay, let me give you just an example of some of those. Terracotta in the Polychromos line. That's what's in there. I've got uh, brown ochre um, is in there from Luminance line. And so everything that you can think of that has that sort of color, browns and earthy tones and oranges. Now move over to the other side of the chipboard over there. And I've got the more highly saturated oranges, uh, orange, red, uh, bright, bright yellows, that kind of thing. Okay. So Apricot or apricot, if you prefer, in Luminance. That's over there. Um, I've got uh, dark chromium uh, yellow. That's over there from Polychromos. That's over there. So any of those colors that are a little higher in chroma. So I'll move to the next bin. Uh, I've got reds that when you look at these reds, you would say, oh, yeah, that is a bright red. That is um, a red. So a red hue. Um having a little bit of trouble with this one because I've also got some dark reds in there as well, but it makes sense to me. So some darker reds, but for the most part, these are brighter reds. Okay, move over to the next uh, section with the chipboard in that bin, and I've got all of my flesh tones that I would typically use. Now that one's a very big um, section there because there are just a lot of flesh tones that I typically want to use. Uh, so a lot of pinks and uh, some yellows and uh, just this middle value for flesh and then also some darker flesh tones as well, uh, regardless of the brand. Okay, let's move down then to the last bin. 
I've got my warm greens over on the left. On the right, in the next separation, I've got all of my grays and my muted down neutral gray colors. Now, it is different than the pencils that I have up there in the earth tones, and it's different from uh, the softer, lighter grays that I have in my white bin. Um, so, for the most part, when you look at the bins, they're separated by tonal value. That's what matters to me. So, They'll range in a tonal value within a selection in the bin from a lighter tonal value to a little bit darker tonal value, but it's still a theme of whatever particular hue you're looking at and you're thinking about. So anyway, it makes sense to me. It may not make sense to anybody else, but nobody else is using my pencils. I'm the one using my pencils. And so I recommend that for you as well. Stick with a system that works for you. So I know some artists uh, still, you know, just use the tray that they came in. And when they decide they're going to use their luminance pencils, they get out the, you know, the set of luminance pencils that they have and they use it right from the tin that they came in. So if that works for you, you know, that that's that's fine. Just do that. And you do you do you you do what works for you because you're the one using the pencils. For me, that just wouldn't work because I like to have them all in one spot, and I don't care about what the brand is. Um, I care when I'm starting on a piece, but I can easily and quickly just find the pencil and the brand that I want within that selection. And I interchange uh, and use uh, oil and wax based pencils, if you care to call them that. In the same piece all the time. That never bothers me. So it's never been a problem. And I don't know why I didn't go to this kind of system a long time ago. Um, it has just really freed up a lot of my thinking time and a lot of my decision making when I'm grabbing pencils. So anyway. All right. Let me get on to eye color uh, of the iris so let's think about what the iris is so it's that center part of the anatomy of the of the round part of the eye itself it's not the pupil so not that black opening is this is the aperture though this is what surrounds that opening the where we pick up information that's passed back to the back of the uh, the eyeball itself to the optic nerve it transmits, you know, to the eye, uh, to the brain rather, and tells us information about and makes sense of the world that we're viewing and we're seeing, right? It um, controls how large or how small, you know, whether we need to dilate that pupil if we're in low light or we have uh, too much light, then the iris is part of the anatomy that signals to the brain, oh, control this for me, make this a little bit smaller. I'm getting too much light in here, right? Now, if you think about it with a camera, this is, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, uh, my only point about that is that there is some differences then even inside the iris itself. This is a, this is where we get the color of the eye. This is what we look at and we say that those are blue eyes, brown eyes, hazel eyes, and list goes on and on. Um, but there's a, that little part that is an opening that is more circular is right up there near the pupil itself. 
And there is a slight difference then in that little area. And there's like this little kind of tangled web that happens inside the iris itself that is um, that moves around. It's like a little mechanism that moves around and controls the inner portion right next to the pupil. This is so hard to talk about. Uh, so use your imagination, okay? Now, that's as far into the minutiae as we're going to get. Uh, the bottom line is this, that this is a pigmented muscular area that is in front of the eye, that it's, but it's below the cornea, but it's made up of this muscle and connective tissue that helps to control the lens and helps, to, um, uh, helps the brain to control the function of, um, or the brain helps actually the eye control that function of how much light to pass through the pupil or not. All right, so what do we care as artists? What does it matter to us? Well, really it doesn't a whole lot. But just to kind of understand what that is, that this protective layer of the cornea on top of the eye, uh, it uh, has a function of creating this glossy appearance, right? But then we have the colored area. This is the part that has the most detail, small, intricate detail for us as artists. Now, depending on the zoom level, depending on how close we are to the eye. Now, if we're talking about a macro lens and we're really up close to the eye, then there's a lot of detail that we're going to be able to see, right? Otherwise, if that's not the case and we're farther away, then what we're looking at, and we can often draw it like this, is a real smooth transition of color in the iris. Because these are smooth muscles that we're talking about. And some eyes in particular have very little detail depending on how far away you are from the subject. There's a certain length of distance from someone's eye when you're looking at the eye that it can look just like this very, very smooth uh, area. The appearance looks like a gradation in value from a dark value to a lighter value from top to bottom and in that order. So let's consider that when we're drawing the eye. Okay, so I want to tell you what colors I've been choosing lately for many blue eyes, and then I'll move on to uh, some of the other colors as well, colored eyes. All right, so one of the staples, and the reason why I always hesitate to give uh, exact colors is because it depends on the lighting, uh, depends on the mood of, you know, whether this is a warm or a cool composition. Uh, so many factors are involved. So do, I, I hope nobody thinks of this as a recipe and that you're going to run out and grab only these colors and then use them. But I want you especially if you're brand new to art, to test yourself and to decide on your own what colors to use. But I would tell you in light blue eyes that a color I've been loving lately is mid-ultramarine. So it's a blue color from Derwent Lightfast. That is just a fantastic color to use for blue eyes. I also love bluish turquoise from Polychromos in blue eyes. Now it's a darker color 
but it's a great one to use, and it's hinting over towards uh, more of a greenish color. Uh, when we're talking about blue eyes, though, we're talking about green or hazel or even brown to a certain degree. We're not talking about a true sense of any of those hues anyway. And often what will happen is I use as many as 9 to 20 different colors per eye. Now, it depends on how close I am. If it's a zoomed in level and I'm seeing a lot of detail, then that is the case. I'm going to use a bunch of different colors for the eyes. All right, so I'm going to tell you a couple of the new Luminance pencils that I love for blue eyes as well. I've, I've all but given up on uh, trying to read the name off of the pencils anymore. Uh, for one, it's very hard for me to even read it. Uh, I guess my eyes just can't adjust to that little white writing on there. But, <laughs> um, I mean, some are easier than others. But Luminance number 140140 is a good one. I think that one is ultramarine. And then Luminance 135. Now that one is a little bit darker blue, but such a great pencil color for your blue eyes. And uh, if you are drawing with that one, uh, it can take care of the dark ring around the eye. Although sometimes it's not dark enough. And for that dark ring around the eyes, I really love using dark indigo in that new luminance color. Now, another good one to use is chocolate by Derwent Lightfast. That's a great one to use around for that ring around the eyes and incidentally also in the, the pupil to get that dark, dark uh, pupil in there. So regardless of the color, I think I would use one of those two dark indigo in the new luminance colors or chocolate in Derwent Lightfast. So let me quickly then talk about some great colors that I'm starting to like a lot for brown eyes. Um, there's two in particular. One is the new luminance color, um, dark flesh 5%, 741 is the number of that one. And then I also just love uh, brown ochre. By luminance, and that is uh, 137 is a number on that one. But just like everything else, you're going to have a gradation in value, and so you're going to want to use more colors than just like a local color for the uh, for the iris. All right, so let me move on to green color eyes. Now, green they're a little trickier because you're really not seeing green eyes a whole lot or hazel eyes. You're seeing something often that is, in my opinion, what I've noticed when I'm drawing this color of eyes is it's more gray. And so I'm counteracting whatever I'm doing. If I'm leaning in a warm direction or a cool direction, I'm trying to decide on the opposite also so that I end up with a neutral look to the eyes. I want a very muted, neutral tone and hue okay <laughs> that probably sounded so confusing but let me just give you a couple of colors that i i like for hazel eyes all right so luminance olive brown number 039 is what that one is so it's a a very muted down green is what it is all right that that's a good one uh, for me that i really lo love that one 
Okay, now some of the muted, more muted colors. Oh, well, I got to talk about sepia. So sepia or sepia, however you pronounce that. that that's one I love as well. Um, and then two others to mute down whatever brighter colors I may use in there. <clears throat> that is French gray 10% in luminance. That's 802. And steel gray. Uh, that one's 004. Great, great colors. Those are... Oh, they're so good, especially that steel gray. I just love that color. Now, you might notice I didn't, when I was talking about my colors uh, and colored pencils, maybe I didn't talk about it a whole lot, but I've separated out my warm greens, and uh, those are in the bin next to some of the neutral uh, tones of grays. I don't have any cool greens. Uh, you could look at some of the warm greens and maybe categorize those as cool greens, I don't have cool green sitting around me though. They're off. They're in a box away from me because I never use them. It's very, very, very rare that I use a cool green, a cool, like real bright, bright green that is uh, cool in nature and starts getting really cool or turquoise. That's different. Those are up there in the, in the blues, but they're more blue than they are green. Um, you know, I, I've got them available if uh, I do need them, but it's so rare that I ever use them that it made no sense for me to keep them that close to my workspace. Okay, so I hope that that helped today. Uh, quicker show, but I hope that I just gave you some things to maybe at least think about with your organization of the way you keep your pencils and then... I gave you a few of the colors that I would use for three of the dominant color types of eyes. So hopefully that will help you as well. Before I go, I want to thank our sponsors of the Color Pencil Podcast, UART Premium Sanded Paper. And I want to tell you how you can get 20% off of any of your UART purchases. Just go over to Dakota Pastels.com and purchase any of the seven different grade types of UART paper over there. Place those in your cart. Go to the checkout page and then type in the code. I'll have the code over there for you in the show notes over at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. Uh, this is for listeners of the Color Pencil Podcast. All you got to do is type in UART20. So if you don't have time to write that down, go over to the show notes. It'll be right there. And we thank UART Premium Santa Paper for their support of the Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. This is a weekly show. comes out on Monday. Appreciate you listening. Same time, same place. I'll be here on Monday. I hope you will as well. And until then, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.